Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? We got a great show planned for you. Uh, I had a couple of people ask me to talk about loneliness in relationship to what's going on in the world. So we're going to talk about that. And uh, hopefully, uh, if there's time, we're going to talk about some... uh, Static sex tips, but if not, there's time for that in another show. Um, wanted to open the show just by reminding everyone we are being kind to ourselves, being kind to those around us. We're making sure to ask everyone, How is your mental health? because again, that communicates to other people that you are a safe resource and someone who is sophisticated enough and mature enough and caring enough to hold space. Because remember, mental health is not not the absence of quote unquote negative feelings. Mental health is feeling the entire spectrum of feelings, good, bad, and otherwise, and feeling them all deeply. Feeling depressed or anxious or fearful at times is not a mental disorder. It's called being a human. We want to be able to feel those things, make room for it, allow it, but not be burdened by it. We are not trying to illegitimize or deny feelings, nor are we trying to amplify, dramatize, or catastrophize. We're trying to do the middle path the middle way, which is allow and accept. Now, acceptance doesn't mean you're like, yeah, bring it on, bring it on, depression. Acceptance means we're not battling it. We're letting it be. We're examining it. We're sitting with it. We're taking it with us. It's kind of part of life. So um, we're asking people, hey, how's your mental health? You know, because when we say, how are you? People think you're just doing pleasantries. Um, Loneliness. Sticking with what I just said, loneliness is going to have to be at times a part of our human experience. And what we never want to do is make something that feels bad. We don't ever want to turn it into suffering. And we turn it into suffering when we say, not only do I not feel great, which is going to happen, but we don't want to say, and I shouldn't feel this way. And it's bad to feel this way because then we're, then we're moving from a little bit of pain into suffering by adding that extra layer of, I don't feel great. And I'm going to now shame myself for not feeling great. Just sit with the initial feeling. You feel bad. Okay. That happens when people, a friend might tell me I'm anxious today or I'm depressed today. My response is okay. Okay. You know, I'm making sure we normalize that, that that happens now when it's been going on for maybe two weeks or more, and it's getting in the way of us doing what we call our ADLs or activities of daily living our basic needs. Well then, yes, you definitely want to seek therapy 
And uh, if it's really getting in the way of your life, you want to maybe seek medication, not because medication removes those things, but because it shaves down, as I say, the sharp edges and helps us then work with what it's about. Because again, sometimes these quote unquote negative emotions, although there are no negative emotions, there's just ones that are a little more difficult or challenging, but there's sometimes a sign and a call to action to really examine the life we're living, the way we're living, the different people or things in our lives. And we don't want to just try to wipe it away. Uh, it's not a biochemical issue. It's usually a psychosocial emotional issue. Usually it's born out of something reasonable or it's just part of the human experience. So medication isn't meant to remove. Please don't think medication means I am happy every day, all day. It doesn't work like that. In fact, most medication dampens things down. So it's not about being elevated. Medications aren't going to make you happy or joyful. They're just going to dampen down the anxiety, dampen down the depression, but it doesn't elevate you. It doesn't bring joy and happiness or contentment into your life. That's the work we have to do with ourselves. It's the work we do in therapy. Um, so I just want to clarify that. I'm going to circle back and clarify that a, a few more times down the road. I'm all about repetition because we have to, again, unlearn a lot of problematic thought patterns, especially around our emotional, psychological, and relational health, and then build in healthier, um, more realistic perspectives. So again, we're not being afraid of loneliness. And that's the whole point, again, is we're just saying, there it is. What do I need to do? How do I encounter it? What is it asking for? What's it calling for? Um, and we want to remember that judgment can sometimes cloud, I'm sorry, judgment, <laughs> loneliness can sometimes cloud our judgment it can sometimes not allow us to have a, a good grasp on the reality. Now, this is where we get into a little bit of cognitive therapy, which we need to be able to do with ourselves. We have to practice working with our thinking. We don't know how to do it. We are not familiar doing it. A lot of people are lazy and don't want to do it at all ever, but we have to. So working with our mental health, which means working with our emotions and our thinking, means we have to practice. I, the best metaphor is like learning a new language. If you don't practice that language, you will lose it. I used to be not fluent in Spanish, but I was pretty darn good. I stopped practicing. I stopped using it. I lost it. Mental health is that way as well. We have to practice the quality of your life and the quality of your relationships are rooted in your practice. We have to get better at practicing, working with our emotions and our thoughts. Just because you think or feel something doesn't mean we just accept it. We have to interrogate it. And when we're feeling lonely or we're feeling sad, it clouds our judgment and we don't want to buy into our first thought or feeling. We always want to know, remember, our thinking and our feeling is often biased, extreme, and not rooted in reality. It's biased, extreme, and not always correct. Just because you think or feel something doesn't mean we go with it. That's called mood-dependent behavior. We don't want our behavior just coming right from our feelings. That's when people have no impulse, and they just throw something, smack someone, say something. That is not mental health. That is not strength. That is not empowerment. That's the opposite. Mental health and being empowered and being strong are about regulation. The only strong people and healthy people are regulated, not the ones flying off, throwing punches, popping off, saying things, flipping tables. That's the opposite. We're going to say more. Stick around. Listen to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back, y'all. More to come. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. 
Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast oh rachel we're back talking about loneliness talking about mental health talking about how healthy people don't just act from their first feeling or thought they don't just buy right in and that's what most people do I feel this way. I think this, it's true. I'm going to act from it. Oh no, (laughs) no, 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 no. Our thinking and our feelings aren't always honest. They're often biased. They often center ourselves only. They're often very extreme and they're often not rooted in reality. We want to always work with it. People are not great at working with their thinking or their emotions. We have to learn how to do that. You have to ask yourself those questions because we talked about on the show when we talk about emotional regulation, you have to right size it. Hey, based on what happened, is this an appropriate level of severity in my response and my feelings? And you're thinking, is that true? Is that rooted in reality? What's the evidence? How do I know? And loneliness is one of those emotions that can cloud our judgment where people will start to globalize. I have no friends. No one likes me. Nothing's going to change. People that are lonely or depressed, and those things can often coincide, or lonely and socially anxious can coincide. And people will make these globalized assumptions because that's the other thing we do with our emotions. They're very globalized often. And we'll use a lot of absolutes. And we'll have a negative view on self, a negative view on others, and a negative view on the future. That's the trifecta, the negative trifecta that is born out of mental struggles, especially things like loneliness and depression. And that's never honest. Rarely is anyone's life rooted in absolutes. Rare is the person who can say, I'll never socialize. No one ever likes me. No one ever invites me to anything. This is never going to change. When you start hearing yourself talking absolutes where you say always, never, no one, that's again, another sign that your thinking is extreme. Your thinking's biased. <laughs> your thinking is not rooted in reality, nor are your feelings. So again, we're not trying to think positive. I'm not about 
toxic positivity. We're trying to live in reality because, again, we're not denying feelings, but we're also not catastrophizing, amplifying, and dramatizing them. We're sitting in the truth in the middle. So, yeah, you're lonely. Okay. But people do like you and you do get invited sometimes. And we want to sit in the reality so we can kind of soften some of our sense of what's going on. It's vitally important. It's one of the number one most important treatments for depression is cognitive behavioral therapy, working with your thinking. And again, that negative trifecta where we make a negative assumption about ourselves, other people in the future. And that's often not true. So that's the first thing is know that it clouds your judgment. Be aware of that so that when it happens, you can say, well, wait a minute, I can't buy into everything I'm thinking or feeling. I can't buy into all my assessments, all my assumptions. Another side note, that's why I always say to a lot of my clients, I don't know, go ask the person. Oh, you want me to read a text message to figure out whether or not this person is still interested in you? I don't know. Why don't we ask them? <laughs> you know, like it's really important for us to start to go and have what we call one-on-one -on -one relationships, which is another way to bust through a lot of these assumptions, checking in on your feelings and your thoughts, asking the person what they really meant. You know, this is how I was left feeling. This is what I was left thinking. This is what I'm assuming. Is that correct? Now, if you're in a primary relationship, I want you to absolutely get in the habit of asking your partner, hey, this is what I thought you meant. This is how I, didn't, I interpreted what you said or did. Am I correct? And then you update your feelings and thinking based on your partner who you trust telling you the reality. So the other thing we want to do when we, when we are in a space or a place with loneliness or maybe you have seasonal affective so you know that it's coming or maybe you're aware that friends are moving or unavailable or whatever it is, is plan for your loneliness. If you know that it's coming, if you know that the weekend's coming and that's when it's especially hard, plan for it. The worst thing you can do is wait until you're in it to try to find a solution because as I said earlier, it clouds your judgment and your thinking. And then that negative trifecta pops up. You want to plan for it. I know my friends are away this weekend, or I know I don't have any plans this weekend, or I know the summer, you know, or the, you know, winter weather's coming and I get hyper depressed. Build things in. In fact, for most people, because socialization in any form is really good for our mental functioning, you should always, in the middle or beginning of your week, start to consider what you want to have your weekend be about. And I'm always a fan of saying, and I quote myself, go have an experience, even if it's with yourself. Don't illegitimize experiences that you have alone. That's not fair to you. Just because there's maybe no one there with you by your side doesn't mean it isn't still a fun experience. No one needs to be there witnessing or participate. No one needs to be there witnessing it with you or participating in it with you for it to have meaning and value and legitimacy. That's not kind to you. I go do a lot of things on my own and I have the best time with myself. I sometimes bring music and I got my headphones on. I'm having conversations with myself. I'm talking to some of the other people that I see by themselves. I have a grand old time because I'd rather personally go do things alone than go do it the wrong people. And not everyone has the right people to do certain things with or the right people available. I have friends that I do different things with. I don't run with a squad. I have one-offs or two-offs. I have the friends I like to do smart things with, go to you know lectures and book readings and go see art. I have other friends that I'll go to the beach with. I have other friends that I'll go do stupid things with if I just want to be silly and run around. I have other friends that I go to if I really need them to hold space for emotional processing. And I don't expect someone to be all of those things. And if I'm in a committed relationship with someone, I know that they're not going to meet all those needs. And that's why I'm glad I have all those other friends, but I'm also willing to do things alone. So when in doubt, go have an experience, go do something. I don't care where you live. There's always stuff to go do. Even if it's just going to spend time in the park with a book or going and sitting in a cafe or whatever it might be, going to see a movie. But 
know ahead of time what you're going to do for the weekend so that you're not sitting there when the loneliness or depression or anxiety creeps in thinking that that's going to be a good time to try to figure it out. It's like I say to clients, keep your individual therapy going so as to be in that process when difficult times emerge. Don't wait till you're having a rough day or a rough week and think you're going to just reach out to a therapist and pop in that day or within that week. It doesn't work like that. Like you got to be in the process. So know what's coming and plan it. So always know midweek or the beginning of the week or even towards the end of the week what you're going to do that weekend if you are someone who tends to deal and struggle with loneliness, which isn't something that we should frame as bad. It's part of life. And don't make it worse by saying, I feel lonely and I'm going to now amplify by saying, and I shouldn't or there's something wrong with me because I do. We're going to talk more. Uh, but later in the show, we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Stick around. Don't go anywhere, y'all. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all. We're back talking about loneliness. It's hard. It's scary. We function better. We do better when we are in community, connected. Technology is great. Gives us a lot of access to different people. We're talking about the fact that we don't want to shame or pathologize or make an issue out of the fact that we're lonely. It's part of life. Every emotion is going to be felt at different times. But if you know you're someone who tends to struggle with that, make sure you have things set up. Don't wait until you're feeling lonely or bad or low to try to then, in your clouded judgment, when you're feeling really bad about yourself, others in the world, trying to plan then. Have things, have some things built in, but also work with and challenge and interrogate your thinking and your feeling because you're going to probably be thinking in absolutes. I never, people always, I can't, I should, all of these words that are rooted in absolutes. And that's never true. I'm always challenging that with clients, not because I'm all about reality. I don't care about reality. I'm thinking about their mental health. And when we're thinking in these extreme rigid ways, that's going to negatively impact our mental health because it's not rooted in the reality, which is often a little more productive and workable and effective. Um, so think about that. That's the first thing. Um, go have an experience is the other one. Sometimes when we're feeling depressed, we do things that depress us. Sometimes when we're feeling lonely, we do things that make that even more isolative instead of pushing on our discomfort, instead of challenging ourselves, instead of moving towards a solution that will at least, you know, have some beneficial impact. We just sometimes stay stuck. What's not going to make you feel better is sitting there just in a swiping and swiping and swiping or just binge watching shows or it might. And that's okay if it does. I'm not, I'm not knocking all that. There's a place for that. I love an afternoon when I'm just going to watch hours and hours and hours of my favorite shows and I'm going to dissociate and zone out and check out. And that's all the, that's awesome. But there's a darker side to that where some people are doing that, not because they want to, not because it makes them feel good, but because they don't feel as though there's anything else to do. And I will always say to them, you're depressing yourself. Go have an experience. Don't illegitimize time alone as though it's less valuable because there's not someone there with you. As I was trying to say, I have the best time with myself. I, I always bring my music. If, if you ever see me out in the world on my own, you'll probably see a headset or earphones on because I'm rocking out. Um, music is an important companion on my journey, which is why I love working at a radio station because it really builds that in and reminds me of that. Um, and we've talked about that. We'll talk about that again, how it helps us work with our mood. Um, but really pay attention and zero in on that. Um, also take advantage of technology. You know, we have FaceTime, we have texting, we have DM, we have Zoom. Uh, there's different ways for you to spend time with someone if you don't feel like or are not able to leave the house or someone's away or long distance. Don't illegitimize that. It's not not in real life. I hear when people say that. They're like, oh, but that's, you know, you have to in real life spend time with people. Well, yes and no. Some relationships are only going to maybe ever exist online and that's okay. Um, I just want people to feel connected with. 
Um, so think about that as well. Um, there's also this important thing, and I was seeing this a lot when we were in full-on lockdown because loneliness and isolation was quite quite intense and quite problematic and not necessarily resolving anytime soon. And I would talk a lot about um, thinking about yourself but also other people. And I was doing this a lot with my clients where I was saying, you know, for those that were saying I'm feeling lonely and disconnected, I would give them this one template to work on and I'll circle back to that in a minute. But I was also always challenging them to think about friends that might need them to reach out to. But the template is this, because it's hard making friends at times. It's hard making friends the older we get. And again, a lot of people right now are feeling isolated, lonely, and disconnected still. Um, are there people you miss? Reach out to them. Are there people you wish you were closer to? Reach out to them. Are there people that have drifted away? Reach out to them. <laughs> That's one of the easiest ways to make friends is by circling back and reconnecting, restarting. And there's no time limit. There's no such thing as it's been years. Great. I love when friends from years ago circle back and say, hey, man, how you been? I've been thinking about you. Or, hey, man, too much time has gone by. Or, hey, I miss you. Or, hey, I wish we were closer. I love hearing that. And I honor that. Be that person. It's okay to do that. Even if it's someone you've been thinking about romantically. Hey, how are you? You've never left my mind. I'm still thinking about you. Would you want to go on a date? Are you available? I love stuff like that. I do that. I've had it done to me. It's a compliment. It's awesome. Um, so that's part of the loneliness thing is don't think it's all about looking forward and how do I make new friends. Often the solution is how do I reconnect or go back to or get closer with past or current friends? Is there a friend you wish you were closer with? Build, build that. Start reaching out more often. Start making plans. Too many people, when they're feeling lonely or disconnected, wait to be invited. And I'll say, set up the kinds of things you wish you were being invited to. You wish you'd be invited to a game night? Throw one. That's right. You can throw a game night and invite a bunch of random people. You wish you were invited to movies, a group movie outing? Plan one. Reach out to a bunch of people. Say, let's go see a movie Saturday. Plan a game night. Plan a dinner. Plan a beach day. Plan a group hike. Plan a movie. Create what you want versus sitting there victimized by no one inviting you because maybe you've turned it down too many times and they don't reach out. Maybe they have forgotten about you because they're busy. I don't know, but by you creating what you want, not only do you get it, it's also a way to re reconnect with all these people and it's also a way to remind them that you wanna be a part of their life and you wanna be included. Create the future and the reality you wanna be a part of or have. A lot of people forget that. They somehow are victimized thinking that they're only passive, but you can actively build those things. Do it. All right, coming up next, DMs. Got a DM for us? Question you want answered? Topic you want hit? Something you want us to circle back, drop deeper into? Let us know on the DMs on our Loveline IG page. And uh, wearechannelq.com is where you want to go to check out past episodes of the show. Stick around, y'all. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all. We are back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris. My birthday's coming up and I have always had the worst anxiety. Ugh, I don't like the idea of throwing a party for myself, but I get sad when people don't remember it's my birthday. I love the attention and I feel so loved, but I don't want to put anyone out of their way just to celebrate. Well, here's the deal. People are always going to focus on what's going on in their lives. And that's when someone says, oh, someone forgot to wish me a happy birthday. I'm like, okay, well, what was going on for them that day? And they're like, well, I don't know. And I'm like, exactly. You're being self-centered. You want the biggest day for you to be the biggest day for them. But it can't be and it won't be. And what was going on for them? Maybe their dog was sick that day and they had to deal with that. Maybe someone passed away. Maybe they're stressed at work. We have to think outside of ourselves. So before we get upset about what someone did, 
you have you better know what was going on for them that day or the meaning of it all. And if not, well, then you need to pause until you find out. So having said all of that, um, if you want to have a birthday party, throw one. If you want to have everyone celebrate your birthday, put it together. I always say that to people that are lonely. You wish you're invited to game nights, throw one. You wish, you know, you were invited to pool parties, throw one. And the more, or, or work on keeping up with people. You know, a lot of us don't do social maintenance, keeping up with friends, but then get frustrated we're not invited or we're waiting for someone to do something we're not willing to do. Um, if it's your birthday and you want to celebrate, throw one. I often have thrown my own birthdays and I pay for everything because I also don't think that we should invite people to something and then expect them to pay for it. Not everyone has the money and people then want to split. Not everyone can afford what others can afford. And some people are drinking and others don't. And some people are like, I want to go to celebrate, but I don't really have that money. But if like I have to, because I got invited, I'm close to you. So I think throw your own birthday. And I also think you should pay for it. I think it's really problematic and classist to invite people to something and then tell them we expect you to chip in and they don't even know what they're going to be paying. Not everyone can afford that. And that creates a lot of shame. And some people will avoid going because of that or show up later. So throw it and pay for it. And if you can't afford it, then you're not ready. And if you can't afford it, then maybe throw a get together at your house, which is lower, lower priced for you. Um, but if you want to party, throw one and feel okay about that. There's nothing wrong with celebrating yourself. And more importantly, you're creating that which you want, which is what we're all responsible for. If we sit around waiting for other people to do things, it's not going to necessarily happen. They're focused on the priorities of their day. Yes, I wish people could expand beyond that, but it's tough times right now. And people have a lot to worry about family, finances, health, all sorts of stuff. And so a birthday party isn't going to be necessarily top on their plate. And again, people are broke and they're trying to spend money on a lot of other really important things. That's why I really find it problematic when we, even like with weddings, I think it's not fair to say, this is my big day and I want you to rent a tux and fly to a different city and also get me a gift. You don't know people's finances. You don't know how many weddings they've been invited to. I think if you're throwing a wedding, you should pay for everything, period, end of story. And if you can't afford it, then you ain't ready. People get so hung up on how much the gift was or all that. That's gross. That is not what this is about. You're missing the point and you're a materialist. I'm sorry. I will always problematize that stuff. So throw your own birthday and you pay for it. And if you can't afford it, make it a game night at home, maybe a potluck, make it fun. People will do things that feel fun. Keep it fun. Um, people always challenge me on things like that and I get it, but we have to remember not everyone is in a place where they can spend the money on that day or that month just because it's our birthday or our wedding or, you know, we gave birth or whatever it is. People do get married, have a birthday and give birth because that is an important thing to you. Not because you expect gifts. You're not entitled to anything. I even tell people that with holding the door open for someone, hold it open because that's your value system. Not because you want to thank you. And if someone doesn't thank you for it, you don't have a right to be mad. They don't owe you that you chose to hold the door. They didn't ask you to. Sometimes I'd rather people just close the door and let me open it myself if they're going to be a pain in the butt, you know? Oof, get me started on this topic. I just think we don't consider enough our impact on other people or what's going on in their lives. And we need to do more of that. You know, I remember going to a birthday dinner and the person next to me was like, I can't afford this. And I was like, you shouldn't be expected to. And I don't drink. I, Dr. Chris, don't drink. And I'm not going to chip in the same amount as other people are if they're drinking. I'm not paying for your alcohol. So I am the person that's like, hey, this is what I spent. This is what I'm paying. <laughs> sorry it's called boundaries and self-esteem so i invite everyone to do that sorry unfortunately my salad was ten dollars y'all drank i didn't so i'm not chipping in 75 bucks here's a here's a 10 spot more of that you know but if it's your birthday pay for it truly 
There's nothing wrong with that. All right, y'all. If you've got a question for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, things you want us to hit, circle back, drop deeper into, and uh, past episodes of the show, always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share because it's all about that daily practice and that repetition, wise, which is why I circle back through topics over and over. Got to build it in. Got a lot to unlearn and relearn. Stick around, though. We got a whole lot more to come. We'll also be doing some more DMs later in the show. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all. We are back and uh, talking about loneliness. Something we're all going to experience. Something that a lot of us have maybe felt profoundly during these interesting, difficult times. Uh, a lot of solitude, disconnection. People have left. People are focused on other things. It's part of the life cycle, you know. And we're just talking about ways to deal, ways to cope. The first one was don't panic. Don't make it. Don't turn it into suffering by saying, and it shouldn't be this way, and it will always be this way. Get better at working with your thinking and really challenging those absolutes. Um, also planning ahead, knowing what, you know, it may be an empty weekend's coming. You might be lonely, plan some things for yourself, plan some things for other people with other people. I was also talking about the fact that use technology and, and create the things you wish you were maybe a part of or being invited to. Like a lot of people just passively are victimized in a victimized mindset, kind of say, no one ever invites me, invite them. That's how you let them know you want to be a part of or you're interested or you're available. Throw the thing you wish you were being invited to. Throw the game night. Throw the dinner party. Put a group movie outing together. Put a beach day together. Group hike. Whatever it is. I, I went through that phase on my own where I was being invited to things and then that slowed down and I was like, wait a minute, why am I not throwing the dinner party or the game night? Let, let me be the one that does that. Bring the people together, you know? Also talking a little bit uh, before the DMs about how it's not always about how do I make new friends. Sometimes it's, it's about how do I get deeper with the ones I have or how do I reconnect with the ones that time has gone by or they've drifted. There's no time limit on that. You can reach out to anyone saying, I miss you. How have you been? Let's be closer. Start reaching out consistently. Start having deeper conversations. So sometimes that's the work. Get deeper with the, and closer with the ones you have or reconnect with the ones that you miss or that have drifted. Um, there's no shame in that. There's no time limit. I've, I was saying even do that romantically. Hey, you've been on my mind. I haven't stopped thinking about you. I know it's been a while. You're single. You're available. Let's go on a date. There's a beautiful thing in that. There's no such thing as too much time. It doesn't work like that. Time isn't real in that way at all. Aging is real, but time is circular if we make it. That's eh, another conversation for another time. <laughs> um, and I think there's also something really beautiful in discussing your loneliness with someone. Yes, it's a beautiful way to build intimacy by sharing deeper, more anxiety-inducing parts of ourselves, which is my very definition of intimacy, where we share things that make us anxious. That's how we know we're really getting deep and really getting close. And that's a beautiful thing to, to say to someone. I'll say that with my friends all the time. I'm feeling very depressed today. I'm feeling very anxious. Today, I'm feeling very lonely. And I let someone sit in it with me. You know, Tell people. Tell them you miss them. Tell them where you're at. I tell all my friends I love them. I tell people I miss them. It's that vulnerability, you know? And you also get people to kind of then feel safe sharing that with you, and then it gets normalized. And you might be surprised at how many other people have felt or are, are right now feeling the same things you're feeling. It might surprise you. It has for me. Um, but we have to, like, normalize that, talk about it, and bring it up. And uh, you might be actually saving someone's life by, by doing this, you know? Um, cause they're letting them know that you're a safe person to go to and not everyone is aware of who they can do that with. And that's why it's not always about us. I want you to also think about what friends have you maybe not heard of in a while instead of personalize it, personalizing it and decided, deciding that it was something done at you or against you. Maybe say, maybe they're struggling and they need me to reach out and check in on them to let them know that someone's thinking about them. 
Because again, we tend to personalize things. We tend to have a very biased interpretation and we make it about us. Oh, I haven't heard from them. They're a crappy friend. I haven't heard from them. They must be mad at me. Well, maybe they're depressed and lonely and need you to reach out. You know, Maybe they need you to be the active, assertive one and to be told that someone cares and is thinking about them. That's also a way to cope with your own loneliness. Check in on other people. I mean, sometimes the best solution for something is that which you want brought to you, you need to start creating and bring to them. I say it to couples all the time. Someone might say, I wish my partner was more romantic. I'm like, well, then you start bringing romance in more. You set up the romantic things you want. You wish your partner would create romantic dinner dates. You plan them. Build the romance you want to have. Let them participate in it. Let them see what it looks like. Be a good influence. But don't don't act so passive and victimized by the lack of romance. You Bring more romance in yourself by being assertive. If you want more socialization, plan it and create it and request it. We, we really struggle with that level of vulnerability. We don't realize that we have much more control over what's going on in our lives than we realize. Um, we're not at the mercy of as much as we think we are. Um, because again, mental health is really best improved uh, and we are made more resilient when we know that we have people in our corner and they don't even have to physically or literally be there. We just have to symbolically and psychologically have access to them, knowing that they're there or being able to reach them via a phone or a text. We don't thrive or do as well in isolation. And socialization, again, like I said, literal or symbolic is going to be what's going to help us be the most resilient. And we know that from trauma research, that the people that don't develop PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, or I should just say post-traumatic stress. It's not a disorder to have that as a result of something that's a healthy human response, post-traumatic stress. So we need to get rid of the D. Um, but we know that it is mitigated. It is completely eliminated or not as severe if they have a social network to turn to. But you have to already have it. You already have to already have it. Um, in action, right? So it's kind of like I said, you want to already be in therapy so that it's there when you need it. You don't want to try to build a social network when you're dealing with mental health issues or trauma. You already need to have it so you can access it. So start working on that now, knowing that God forbid were anything heinous or horrible to happen, that that will mitigate some of the impact and prevent you from maybe having post-traumatic stress and some other negative outcomes if you have a social network to be there for you. All right, we'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey, and we'll keep talking about loneliness. Stick around. Oh, Rachel, we're back, and uh, we're going to switch gears a little bit. Talk about sex. That's right, because it's Loveline. We're going to talk about ways to uh, spike up that arousal, bump up that pleasure. Uh, tips for better sex. Now it's, it's not always about faster, bigger, shinier, you know, but that's what we tend to do faster, harder, more. We always think that it's about increasing and amplifying, but it's often for things like sex, the opposite. It's about slowing down more mindfulness, more focus. There's a limit. There's a limit. We can't always, it's like, I always, I'm, it always blows my mind. And maybe it's my lack of understanding some, some qualities about business, but every year we can't be pushing our targeted goal of what we're going to make. We can't always be thinking we're going to be making progress or building. I think that's the biggest flaw of capitalism. This idea that every year it's got to be more. We always have that bigger, faster, newer. No, there's a limit. That's, that's burnout. That is burnout. We can't always be optimizing, working on ourselves. Yes. I want us to be working on ourselves, but when people are always having new year's goals and weekly goals, it's like, that's just burnout. So one of the best ways to amp up your arousal is to slow down. People are floored by that. Move slower, 
Spend more time touching and exploring someone's body. Spend more time on different parts of their body. I'm kind of bumping into two tips at the same time. Explore and use more of their body, but slow down and spend more time at each point. We're not rushing anywhere. Where are y'all trying to rush to? Oh, I know, penetration and orgasm. Calm down and mature a little bit beyond that. Sex is bigger and pleasure is bigger than just penetration and orgasm. We need to chill out on our obsession with that. Again, I'm constantly saying that throughout the day. Sex is, we're not trying to get anywhere. It's just about being in the moment. Imagine again, my favorite examples of food. When you're eating a donut, it's not like hurry up and get it done, hurry up and get it done. Success is when you're finished that donut. No, it's about being with it and, and in the moment, never trying to never let it end. Eating slower, savoring each bite, trying to taste each flavor. If you just shove it down and swallow, you miss the whole experience. You missed all the pleasure, fun, and the beauty of it. And that's what people sometimes do with sex. They're just trying to get to what they think is the finish line, the end point. And, and it's like, whoa, slow down. That is, the, if you do nothing else but just move slower, you will increase your pleasure. This is a way to help you for people that are struggling with lubrication. This is a way to help people that are struggling with uh, painful penetration. This is a way to help people that are struggling with erectile um, disappointments, getting and staying as erect as you want. All of these things are helped and enhanced by slowing down. That's how we spike our arousal, not by speeding through and trying to make everything faster and harder and more. Yes, there's a place for some of that, but that can also overwhelm, that can also desensitize, and that can also keep us anxious. And arousal is really about our parasympathetic system, which is about relaxation and slowing down. So if you learn nothing more, that's all. That's all you need to think about. But then there is more. <laughs> Another important thing you want to remember is to do what makes sense and feels good to you. Yes, we're aware that there's a person there in front of us. Yes, we're taking into account how everything is landing on them. Yes, we're talking about consent. Yes, we want enthusiastic consent. But... When someone says, what should I do to them? I say the things that you imagine feeling good doing to them, the things that turn you on imagining doing to them, that's what will create the hottest sex, not mind reading and trying to do what you think they might want. Yes, I want people to ask questions, we'll get there, but on your own, when you have blanket consent with a partner who you trust and trust you, who you've had sex before, you're in a relationship with, and you're just exploring, you should be moving towards the things that turn you on, imagining doing to them. I'm not saying we're not taking them into account. I'm not saying we're not worrying about their pleasure. We are, but that's the first guide is focus on some of your stuff, yourself, be in your own body. Now, of course, if we're talking about orgasm, which is not always what sex is about, you want to make sure both parties have enjoyed themselves. And so you want to make sure your partner, if they're interested in orgasming, gets the opportunity to do that. So I'm not saying we're disconnecting from them. We're not taking them in. We're not worrying about them, but we're being guided by our own pleasure. And ideally people would speak up and say, that feels good. Stay right there. That feels good. Do more of that. I would love it if you did it harder. I'd love it if you did it softer. Ideally we would vocalize and we would speak up. I want people to do more vocalizing. Let your partner know what's working for you not work and what's not working for you. Again, we're trying to not do mind reading. We're trying to not make assumptions. We don't know what all people enjoy. We're moving away from that because part of sex and body positivity is the confidence to speak and to ask and to vocalize. So we're doing both at the same time. We're observing our partner, but we're being guided by our own pleasure while taking into account 
what's feeling good to our partner. We're not discounting. It's actually both. We're also remembering to breathe. <laughs> breathe. <laughs> Make sure you're breathing. Make sure you're breathing deeply. That's part of checking in with ourselves and making sure we're in the moment and making sure we're slowing down and making sure we're focused. Because a lot of time people are, are in their anxiety. A lot of time people are um, spectating, watching themselves and assessing themselves. A lot of times people are hyper-focused on how they're being perceived, what their body looks like. All of that is pulling us out of the moment and pulling us out of our body and pulling us out of pleasure. You're really in it when you're not able to think about those things because you're again focusing on what's happening, what feels good to you, and you're observing and noticing your partner at the same time. Ah, yes, so much to think about, but not really, because it's really about letting go and these things become intuitive. But we are trained in our culture to be performance-based, which means I need to do it the right way. I need to look like I'm doing it the right way. There is a right way. No, there's no right way to eat a donut. (laughs) Donut is not performance-based. It's pleasure-based. You eat it as long as it feels good, focusing on making sure you enjoy it. Sex is the same way. There's no right way. There's no wrong way. We're not trying to get anywhere. We're trying to be in the moment. We're trying to enjoy. It's like when you're in the movies. Hopefully you're not checking your clock. Hopefully you're not trying to figure out how much running time of the movie is left. Hopefully you're just letting go and you're in the moment and you're going on the journey and you lose place and time. That's the most beautiful sex is when you lose yourself. All right, we're going to come back and talk more, so don't go anywhere. And they'll be doing some DMs. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back, y'all, so don't go away. All right, y'all, we're back talking about sexy times. It's important stuff. Sometimes the quality of our relationship is built on the uh, quality of the sex that's happening. You know, when couples are struggling, they tend to put a little more uh, importance on how well sex feels and how it's going versus those that are doing well because they have other things to rely on. Talked about a whole bunch of stuff. Slow down, slow down, spend more time wherever you are, whatever you're doing to someone, to yourself or to a partner, slow down, spend more time doing it. Also expand out. Don't just always be doing, touching the same body parts in the same order. Step one, then step two, and then we finish with step four. Oh, it's so boring. Don't do that. We're also being in our bodies. We're not getting hung up on how we look, how we're doing, what we think our partner's thinking about what we're doing. Yes, we're observing them. We're tracking them, but we're trusting that they'll vocalize and say more of that, less of that. That feels good. We're being guided by what's turning us on. We also want to make sounds. We tend to go into silence. You know someone's really in the moment, really enjoying themselves when they're vocalizing. And that could be all sorts of things. It's not always guiding, you know, that more of that, less of that. Sometimes it's just all the different sounds that can come out of being involved in our pleasure. It's a beautiful thing. We don't have to be so quiet. Vocalize, 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 vocalize. Um, You know, you know someone's really intense when they're silent. They're probably not breathing. They're probably not in their body. And they're probably not in the moment. So they're not even feeling pleasure. Some people get too intense and usually that's because again, they're in their head or they don't feel safe with the partner that they're with. I mean, that's the first assumption is that we're only having sex with people that make us feel safe because we're supposed to have sex that leaves us feeling better off afterwards. You know, uh, when we talk about sex that isn't healthy or isn't safe, it's sex that leaves us feeling worse off for whatever reason, because of the partner, because of what we did, because of body or sex shame. So, you know, tap in on that and think about that. The other thing you want to think about is diversification and novelty. Newness, novelty, and diverse things are always going to be what spike arousal the most, and there's so many different ways to do that. What we do, how we do it, when we start it, how we end it. Um, 
all those different pieces. And it's all about sight, sound, smells, power dynamics, just tweaking things, you know, pushing on our edges. Um, it's a beautiful part of even working on body positivity. The body positivity and body neutrality movement don't talk enough about sex. In fact, they often don't talk about it at all. But the parts of our bodies that we let be touched or don't be touched is, is what maintains or, or liberates us from shame. The parts of our bodies that we let be seen by partners maintains or liberates us from shame. If you have shame about a part of your body, the way through that is to let it be seen, to let it be touched. But ready for this, the grand finale is to let it be a source of providing pleasure for us. That belly of yours that you have so much shame about, that's a site of pleasure, having it touched, having it rubbed, having it kissed, having it licked. I love that stuff. You know, let it be seen, let it be exposed. Shame is maintained when we hide something. Shame is worked through and we are liberated from it when we expose, when we even lead with. That's why I'm always moved in our fat phobic body shaming culture when I see people with larger bodies or people that are fat identified wearing things that that they feel comfortable in or they feel sexy in that might um, really show parts of their bodies that we traditionally would have shame around or they traditionally have shame around themselves. That's someone who's really done that work and worked through. And it's always so inspiring to me to see people that are doing that work because they don't want to be confined with these arbitrary, really toxic messages. Everyone's body should be seen as desirable and erotic. There's, we shouldn't be dressing for our size. Dress, wear whatever the hell you want. Wear what makes you feel good. Don't dress for your shape. Don't dress for your size. Don't dress for your age. You're allowed to wear whatever you want. I hate that kind of stuff. You're too old for that. There's no such thing. It's fabric. It's material. Stop. That's shame. Keep your, keep your mouth shut. Or you know, you're not slim enough or, or, you're not, or you don't have a big enough butt for that or you're not whatever it is. Oh my God, shut your mouth. That's shame. Wear what you want regardless. That's liberation. I want everyone to go to the beach wearing whatever they want. The larger your body is, the more you should be wearing spandex. The smaller the things you should be wearing are. Let's liberate ourselves from that. But sex-specific, what we let be seen, let what we let be touched, what parts of our bodies we let be engaged, that is all rooted in shame, that decision. Use that as an opportunity to really work through and push through that. Liberation's on the other side. But do that with partners you feel safe with. Same thing with sex shame. With partners you feel safe with, start asking for things, pushing on your boundaries, trying new things, exploring. But again, we have to be with mature, sophisticated partners that can handle that, manage that, and won't shame us for that. But that's a beautiful journey, especially if you're monogamous. You should be taking all that to your partner because if not, where's it supposed to go? Quietly sitting in shame in your body? No. Bring it to your partner. But you got to build the kind of relationship that can tolerate that kind of work. Not every relationship can. You know, so if you know that that's what you want to do, you work towards that a little bit. That's why sex is such sex is such a healing thing rooted in our sexuality. What we do, what we won't do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is all rooted in our gender training, you know, our body shame, our trauma. It's about boundaries, communication skills. We can learn so much and work through so much in those capacities. All right, coming up, we're going to be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM, it means you got a question for us, topic you want us to hit, something you want us to circle back, drop deeper into, put it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Love hearing from you. Always anonymous, always confidential, helping other people as we're helping you out because someone else is going to learn from that, you know, or maybe wondering and struggling with the same thing. And then uh, check out past episodes of the show by going over to wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline. You can click on it, binge, post, re-listen, and share. Lots of good stuff because it's all about the practice. Stick around, though. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medela. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says Me and my ex were together for four years and I became part of her family. Love them all so much, and it was the most heartbreaking thing to leave them. Me and her, we just weren't a match. Holidays are coming up, the first one in a while without them, and I'm feeling very anxious because I'm not sure if reaching out's a good idea. We didn't end on bad terms, but no one in his family has reached out to me and that hurt my feelings. Still love them, not sure how to play this. It's a hard one. People, Some people don't like what I'm about to say, but um, when we're dating someone, they sometimes introduce us to people, family members and friends. We get to keep those relationships. Yeah, if you aren't sure about your partner, don't introduce them to people because uh, if you're dating someone and you introduce them to your friends and they hit it off, you don't get to control those relationships. You don't get to control who anyone has a relationship with. You don't get to tell who your boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife can be friends with. After you break up with them, you can't tell your friends who to be friends with. And I don't agree that just because someone breaks up with someone that we have to get rid of those friendships. That is toxic. That is abusive and unfair. And it's also not honoring relationality. So again, if you introduce someone or you're introduced to someone, you get to decide that relationship. So you should still be able to reach out and wish them a happy holidays because that's your integrity. You live from your value system and your integrity, not these crappy BS made up weird social rules that are oddly toxically boundaried. No, you send them a Merry Christmas, whatever holiday you celebrate, you send it to them because you formed a relationship with them and not because you're not that person that doesn't get to dictate that my, my mom is still close with some of my exes they still keep in touch they still text that is none of my business and I would never tell my mom who to be friends with and I would never tell my exes who to be friends with they're adults and I'm an adult and if you don't agree with that you are not mature enough to have relationships because you want them to be centered around your fragility and your anxiety toughen up and grow up and do the work that's not how the world operates. And that's part of the problem is we burn things down when we leave, we treat people poorly, we put them on blast when they let us down and hurt us. We aren't good relationally, we have more work to do. Which is why I tell people don't practice or learn how to be single if you don't wanna be single. We have so much work to do relationally. Learn how to be relational if that's what you wanna do. Stop 
trying to control other people's relationships. If you're, if you're dating someone and they want to go out with their friends, support them. Don't punish them because they went out without you. Don't punish them when they get home for having a life. We have to do and be better. We are, we are quite toxic for a lot of people who bring us into their lives. Do better. So to the author of this question, if you formed a relationship with your ex's families, you get to keep that. Your ex does not get to determine that and they should not be going to their family and trying to tell them who to be friends with. You send them a happy holidays if that's what's important to you. Always live from your value system and your integrity, period. Not from someone else's immaturity or fragility. That is not the place from which to make decisions about our lives or our relationships. People right now are struggling and they're lonely. I want everyone to have access to whatever relationality they can connect to. You know, we, we were talking about that on tonight's show, just trying to figure out how to be a part of the world. And I tell people that are lonely, like I've said a thousand times, you know, re- think about people you miss, think about people you want to be closer to. And sometimes that is friends of our exes or family members. Yeah, people do that all the time. If you're going to date and you're going to bring your friends and your the person you're dating around each other, they are going to form their own independent relationships. Just like if you bring your friends around other friends, they're going to form a friendship. You don't get to control that. You don't get to be threatened by that. If you are, then don't bring people around people. <laughs> but you don't get to control adults' relationships, period. End of story. We have, people try to assert that control. We have to shut that down. So you got my full support and they're probably happy to hear from you. They became your family. You were with them. You knew them for four years. That's a long time. I want us to honor relationship and intimacy more than we do. It's a beautiful thing. So you reach out and do your thing. Holidays are hard enough on people, especially right now with everything that's going on in the world. So do what you need to do to feel anchored, close, and connected, but uh, make sure you're making plans for the holidays so that it doesn't maybe feel as heavy as it might otherwise. All right, y'all, if you got a question for us, put it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Always anonymous, always confidential questions, topics. Put them in there, DMs, IG page. Uh, helping someone as you're helping yourself. Good stuff. And then uh, past episodes of the show. Always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down for Loveline to click on. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share because it's always about that daily practice and that repetition. So uh, take me on a journey with you. That's why I love podcasted stuff, you know? Take it hiking, walking, driving, whatever it is. Anyway, y'all, thanks for hanging out. Y'all enjoy the rest of your night. Be kind to each other. All right, y'all, good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 